Hello everyone, uh, Jenna here. Thank you so much for joining us. So many of our followers are interested in making healthier decisions. And a lot of that comes with education and the relearning of some things that might be misinterpreted or complete misinformation. And many people use our Detect and Detox uh, kit to help them with their fertility issues. And it's our goal to provide them with as much information as possible to, to take action. And many health conscious people are wary of uh, cholesterol um, with very good reason. And over 94 million people over the age of 20 actually have high cholesterol level, which can increase the risk of heart disease. Um, however, cholesterol is actually very necessary and essential for, for making hormones, especially if you're trying to get pregnant. And that's why today we're really excited to be joined by Dr. Almatma Simmons. Uh, I'm going to have to ask her, making sure I pronounce it right. Dr. Omatma is the CEO of Holistic Fertility Institute and the founder of the Holistic Fertility Center. So I think she just sent me a request. I'm going to go. Oh, here we go. Hello, hello. Hi, Dr. Omatma. Is that, did I say it right? Yes, you did. You did. That is okay. how to say my name. <laughs> okay, I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank you so much for, for joining us. I know Absolutely. I've so many times. I'm so glad this is happening. <laughs> yes, I'm glad to be here. Um, so tell us a little bit, like, a bit about your background and how you become, like, a, a, a holistic fertility expert. Yeah, so I had already been a naturopathic doctor for many years and was married to someone who decided that he was ready to have children. And as soon as he talked about kids, I was like, oh, gosh, no, not with you. <laughs> um, so I had a little bit of a freak out and started researching my own fertility to try to figure out what I can do to preserve my fertility or should I just have children with this person that I wasn't really sure that I wanted as the father of my children. Um, so I started researching mostly from that aspect and then realized that I could do things to empower my own fertility. And I sh just started sharing it with other women who were like, great, you can help me with my babies. <laughs> so I ended up, obviously I ended up getting a divorce with him. I, waited for the right person, waited for the right time to have children, but in the process just ended up helping lots of other couples have babies. I, lo I love this story. <laughs> That's so real. That's so real. You Not only you want to preserve your fertility, you also want to have a baby with the right person. That's like yeah. so important. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I For me, it was really important. And I'm like every day I look at my child and I'm like, I'm so grateful I married the right person before having a child because I could not imagine what life would be like to have children with someone that you're not really excited about being around and, and like co-parenting with. It's just, it's hard enough as it is. I couldn't imagine doing this with the wrong person. And, so true. and you know, like lots of people do it and they work it out, but I'm, I'm just grateful that I made the choice that I did. That makes so much sense. And you focus everything on holistic, holistically. So what is uh, holistic fertility to you? Uh, holistic in so many ways, right? On one level, it's holistic from the aspect of our own bodies, physical, emotional, spiritual, 
all of those have to be in a really good aligned place to make a child. But then also holistic from the aspect of women and men, which mm-hmm. I think sounds super basic, but the number of times that men say, oh, I've been left out of the equation, or I'm just the sperm donor. And that's how they view themselves in the process of making a child, regardless of whether we're making children through IVF or we're trying to get pregnant naturally. Mm-hmm. I feel like the men are are, are an equal component of this right. equation. Um, so holistic from all the angles. And then holistic from the aspect of we're not just looking at reproductive hormones, but we're also looking at thyroid and adrenals and gut health and neurotransmitters and detoxing and, and all of the things that go into good, healthy baby making. Yeah, it makes so much sense. So what role does uh, diet and nutrition play in fertility? Because today we want to talk about cholesterol. And then yeah. obviously a part of the source of cholesterol is on diet and nutrition. Diet. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like diet is so important. Nutrition is so important. And there are so many different views on nutrition as, as it relates to fertility. But I do believe that diet it has to be the foundation of everything that we do. So what does cholesterol have to do with the hormones? Cholesterol is the building block of all of the hormones. So if we don't have cholesterol, if we don't have the right kind of cholesterol, Mm -hmm. then it's really hard to make good hormones. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times I see women whose cholesterol is completely depleted and their body doesn't have good hormone production. So, so often we're talking about oh, you have estrogen dominance, too much estrogen, too much estrogen. And that's a really popular opinion in the fertility world. But if we don't have good levels of estrogen, that is also equally traumatic for the fertility journey. So I think it's important to make sure that we're keeping it in balance and not only talking about too much, but also talking about the times when it's too little. And There are so many. I feel like that's actually more of what I see is low cholesterol levels, which feed into low estrogen or low progesterone issues, which then are going to be equally important on the fertility journey. That is so true, because most of the time you just hear people talk about high cholesterol. You don't hear people talk about low cholesterol. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you mentioned like the, the types, like the good one versus the bad one. So what is the difference between like <laughs> HDL and LDL? Um, So we can, I was trying to think of a way to frame this because good cholesterol and bad cholesterol has been part of the cholesterol conversation for so long. But I do think that if we think about both of those cholesterols, LDL and HDL, they're actually drivers and Mm -hmm. LDL will drive cholesterol to your arteries, whereas HDL will drive the cholesterol to your liver to get it out of your body. So if you want to think about it as drivers, they're not actually mm-hmm. the the end game. They're like just the in the driver's seat. So right. if if you want to like go on one path, get on the LDL path. If you want to get out of the body, then get on the HDL path. So HDL is like getting helping to shuttle or funnel cholesterol out of our body through the liver. And um, HDL is considered the good cholesterol because we don't necessarily want 
the driver that's taking all the cholesterol to the arteries with the potential that the arteries, if they have inflammation, will actually kind of create plaque and and low oxygen, low blood flow. And all of those things will potentially in the future lead to not so great things. Yeah. So what are the like healthy levels for for women who are trying to conceive? (laughs) That's a a great question. So I like to see total cholesterol almost like between 175 and 200, which is like on the higher side of the normal. A lot of doctors will say, oh, we want cholesterol below 200. Great. We, We want it on the high side for good fertility. And then in terms of the ratios between the two, we want HDL to be well above 60. And those are US. I don't ask me the like actual what those letters are after it. I don't remember. I remember the numbers. So these are US values. If you're in a different country, we're going to need to convert. Right. And then do you think that high cholesterol also can play a role in like male factor infertility? Yeah, I think men tend more towards higher cholesterol. It's Mm -hmm. often inflammation driven. So if we have Mm -hmm. a lot of inflammation in the body, the body's actually producing cholesterol in response to that to try and balance the inflammatory levels. So almost always cholesterol when it's driving up it's a response to high amounts of inflammation. So mm-hmm. in men specifically, if they have lots of inflammation, they're going to have higher levels of cholesterol. That's, it's just like a protective mecha- mechanism that the body's doing. And if you have high cholesterol, it really depends on how high is it, is how high is your HDL, which mm-hmm. is again, if you have the drivers in favor of driving to the liver, then you really have set up the pathways in a way that even though your cholesterol, your total cholesterol might be high, you have enough shuttles out of the body that you don't need to worry about it. (laughs) Right, right. That's true. So now like since HDL is like so important, like what are some good (laughs) source of HDL? Yeah. So again, we're going to the way we're going to support HDL are things that are going to be healthy fats. So we start with (laughs) coconut oil, olive oil, fish oils, fatty fish, all of those are really good ways to increase HDL. And then the same things that increase HDL can also increase LDL because Mm. if you have lots of inflammation, LDL is driving cholesterol to your arteries. So it's really like the balance between making sure your insulin and blood sugar levels are in check, Mm -hmm. making sure you don't have lots of inflammation and simultaneously increasing the HDL through good healthy fats. The things that are going to shift that balance are going to be inflammatory foods. So Mm -hmm. foods such as a very heavy non-plant-based diet, meaning animal, mm-hmm. animal protein, will tend towards higher levels of inflammation. It's not necessarily bad. It's not necessarily like everyone needs to be on a plant-based diet. But mm-hmm. if you eat too much meat for your body type, you could potentially be driving that LDL higher. The other things that could shift this balance to the not so great is things that raise your blood sugar levels or your blood Mm -hmm. sugar levels not being super balanced throughout the day, that's going to create inflammation. 
create more need for cholesterol. And then the things that are potentially foods that are inflammatory, again, the theme is anything that creates inflammation will increase your cholesterol levels. So you want, it's like a very fine balance of increasing the fats in your diet without increasing inflammation and making sure that the fats that you're consuming are contributing to an anti-inflammatory state. Wow, I think this is the information people don't really know. Like uh, fat could contribute to, if you're having bad fat, then that's contribute to inflammation, Then, which then inflammation then leads to the high level of LDL and the low HDL. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. So yeah. what is the ideal meal, like ideal dinner for someone who's uh, trying to conceive? Well, it really depends on the person, but our... Our philosophy for the women and couples that we're working with to try and conceive, we tend towards higher protein during the day. So breakfast and lunch are tending towards higher amounts of protein. And then in later parts of your day, you're eating a more um, plant-based diet. You're focusing on high fiber foods, mm-hmm. whole grains, whole beans, lentils, things like that. Not We're not talking about processed carbs at all, um, but we're talking about good wholesome food that is going to feed fiber, which is then going to support detoxification out of the body, supports right. the liver. And then if we, if we needed to, we could add high liver supportive foods. So those would be things like artichokes and asparagus and beets and celery. All of those are going to help support the liver liver function. And anything that's supporting liver function is also supporting HDL because HDL is driving that cholesterol to the liver. So I know I keep repeating myself, but it's, it's like wanting to make these connections for people so that they can say, Oh, now I get it. Now I understand why to support the liver, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think people many times don't connect the dots, even, you know, they learn kind of like siloed information, but then Mm -hmm. just connecting the dots, knowing how this whole system works, makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then you only work with selected couples. So why is that? (laughs) So Our couples are really motivated, really like self-driven people. And a lot of them tend to be high achievers. They tend to be self-identified type A control freaks like myself. (laughs) And I'm a a, a, like recovering perfectionist. So I, I personally identify with that. I've seen all of that like energy play out in my own life. And I feel like that is the perfect person for us to work with because I've been on that journey. So that's part of it. The other part of it is that we will often get, we connect with people all around the world and they're like, oh my God, you can help me. You can help me. You can help me. And I'm like, yes, we can try to help you, but let's, let's be really realistic about the people that we take in because what I've noticed and what I've seen in my practice is not everyone struggling with fertility is our ideal client, right? Mm -hmm. I might be better at a certain type of fertility underlying issue than someone else. So Mm -hmm. I really have created a network around me of people that 
focus on things that I don't necessarily focus on. And, and then I know the people that I like can dead set help. Right. So when those, when I see those people, I'm like, you're it. Like I got to help you because I know I can help you. And then other people I don't, I'm like, you know, I could have you as a client and I'd be happy to try and support you, but I know this other person is going to do an amazingly better job at it than I am. So it's it, like, it's a little bit of intuition mixed with a little bit of science mixed with just a sense of like experience and having done this for 10 years. And like when we take clients in, they become part of my family, right? Like I treat them like my family. I remember their kids birthdays and I'll like call them up every now and then like hey I haven't seen you in a while I know you like have a four-year-old but just wanted to check in um so it really becomes like a connection that we have for a really long time and it's hard to be on that journey that is so intimate with people that aren't necessarily the perfect alignment for us. So yeah, so that's, that's kind of how we came up with this, like, okay, let's work with the people that we know we can help. We're super excited about helping. And then other people can help other people. There are lots of practitioners out there doing incredible things. So um, really to have a a community and a network of practitioners, providers and practitioners that are like, hey, I specialize in this other thing. And I do this other thing. And there's space for all of us to help uh, the couples that need the help. That makes a lot of sense. It's also I guess it's more time efficient and cost effective. um, Yeah. (laughs) And then people really like a match with the help that they really need. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what does a session with you look like? So our first session we have a preliminary intake, which is where we first meet, we kind of get a sense of what's the journey been like, what's been going on, what are the emotional challenges that have come up, what are the interpersonal, and I talk a lot about this, like the hus- the partners, mm-hmm. I was going to say husband and wife, which is not always true, yeah. but the partners are going to have potentially like things come up as they're going through their fertility journey. So we, we want to understand all of it. And then that really becomes the foundation of, okay, now I, I, now that I see the big picture, do I feel like I can help you? Am I the best person to help you? And we've been through that process. Then they sign up for the first appointment. And that is a two to three hour session where we're deep diving into like so much everything <laughs> they're like really do you need to know about my poop and I'm like yes I need to know about your poop <laughs> I really do uh, so I asked them literally like every question under the sun um, so that I could understand oftentimes we don't connect the symptoms that we're experiencing with potentially underlying things that are going on. Mm-hmm. So my job is to really be the interpreter of what your body is saying to you mm-hmm. and then offering ways or strategies to first assess what's going on. So we might say, oh, you have these joint pains and you have the stomach issue and you have your, I don't know, random like post-nasal drip, which is a little thing at the back of the throat. 
And like most people don't necessarily connect that all three of these symptoms actually lead to one possible root cause and that that root cause is then related to their fertility. It's like mind blowing, right? right. <laughs> so, so we really want to see all of the symptoms and things mm-hmm. that are going on as well as like better understanding the emotional state. And I feel like fertility mindset, our emotions, mm-hmm. the way that we are in our lives and I can give you an example. There was a very recently I had a 32 year old couple, um, man and woman. And the woman was like, I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed. Yeah. And, (laughs) and I was like, and the whole time I'm talking to her, I'm like, she is super type A. There's no way the stress is not like, there's Mm -hmm. something happening. And she's like, well, I sometimes am stressed at work. And then we did an, a, a test and her test results come back and she's like, oh, I was having a super stressed out day. Her cortisol was off the charts, like to, like the highest levels I have ever seen. And I was like, "This okay, so this is an off day. I understand. But even if this were like a normal day, I'm not sure that your cortisol level would look that much different. And she was like, no, I do not want you to treat me for stress. I am not stressed. And she like hung on to this belief that she wasn't stressed. And I was like, okay, it's, it's fine. Like, I don't have to tell you this is for your stress, but we're giving you this thing. And I gave her a set of herbs and I, I kid you not, the next month they were like, we're pregnant. Um, And it was, it was literally like me kind of understanding what she was experiencing and saying without saying it right like Mm -hmm. it's just part of who she is and even sometimes and I know this for myself like I was in medical school one of my classmates was like you sigh a lot are you stressed and I was like no I'm not stressed you're crazy I'm not stressed and of course like I'm 24 23 years old freshman in medical school, completely overwhelmed, right? Like just all of it. But at the time, you like, you couldn't pay me Mm -hmm. to to admit that I was stressed. So it's like, especially for women, I feel like we have this idea that we have to be super women. Mm -hmm. And in order to be super women, we cannot like let down our shield and say, actually, I'm stressed. Actually, I'm overwhelmed. Actually, I need some support. But instead, we're like, no, I got this. I can do it all. I'm good. And, and internally, we're having like our bodies responding to the experience that we're having. So I feel like it's real. It's like easy for me to see it because I've been that person, right? I have been the person that's like, oh, good. I got all of this. (laughs) Now I'm very quick to be like, actually, husband, where are you? I am totally overwhelmed. Take this child, please. Take this Uh, child, please. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, like, I feel like being on the journey and having been through so many pieces of the types of situations that we help Mm -hmm. people with, 
um, that's what I'm really excited about, right? It's like, I see myself in all the people that I'm working with. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember the days that I used to be that person. <laughs> so that, yeah. is, that is so cool. Um, your clients are so lucky to have you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you're also the host of the Egg Meets Sperm podcast. So yes. what are some topics, you know, you cover and then where can people find um, and to listen to this podcast? Yeah, so we cover all things fertility. So we've talked about PCOS, endometriosis, estrogen dominance, progesterone deficiency, luteal phase defects, detoxification. We just, I, I am like passionate about finding the magic, right? Like so many of us in the healthcare world have these like little insights that need to be shared with the world. Right. And so I entered I, the one of the people that's coming to mind is I interviewed this guy that I met who was like, do you know that people with mineral deficiencies have personalities? He's like, I can meet a person and tell you what their deficiency is. And I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> Let's talk. What are you talking about? So the entire episode is about mineral personalities. And he's really breaking down like zinc presents in this particular way and magnesium presents in this particular way is fascinating to me and it's and it, he's done studies and he has a whole company that makes minerals but his like little gift or passion in the world is like being able to detect when people have deficiencies based on what they're showing up in the world as which I think is amazing <laughs> Uh, that's so, amazing yeah so I just like to like find the people that are like have these weird things that help help the rest of us be like huh I never okay. thought about it that way or oh I never thought about adding this little thing to my fertility journey that's going to make a difference for mm -hmm. me to be able to conceive. So I just think of it as like a way to bring out people's magic and then share yeah. that with the world. That is so cool. Thank you so much for this <laughs> such great information. And so thank you everyone for joining us. So be sure to follow Dr. Omatma at Holistic Fertility Doctor. And then listen to the Agni Sperm podcast. Uh, apply to work with Holistic Fertility Center. Um, and then this this is so cool. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Jenna. It's no, good to meet you. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. bye.